Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode and today we're going to list 10 skills that every artist should have. But before we get onto that, we want to say thank you to our latest Kofi supporters, Susan Greco. Keep up the great work, she says. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, Alison Cochran, she says, I'm always so happy when I see a new podcast from you. Thank you. And also Marcia Furman. Thank you so much, Marcia. We really appreciate all of your support. It helps us towards the costs of running Kick and the Creatives. And that helps us to keep doing what we do. And it shows that you like what we do. So thanks so much. And we've also got some reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much for those. We've got KITC Five Stars by Andy Willart. And he says, informative, funny and engaging, enjoyable to listen to and great encouragement for being creative. And we've got wonderful five stars and that's by Candy Oldville Art. And she says, I always turn to your podcast when I'm needing some levity. I laugh and laugh on those days. I really need it. While also getting some wonderful ideas on improving my artwork. Y'all are the best. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> and now, then I, I've I was, got... Go on, I was just going to say something there. You know, so many people mention they laugh their way through the podcast. You do realise, everyone, we are actually supposed to be very serious. We are, We're yes. not supposed to be funny. <laughs> right, I've got another one, and that is Conversational Arty Tips and Ideas, five stars, and that's from Katie Bastian. She says, I love listening to Tara and Sandra. They're down-to-earth, funny, and so relatable. The effort they put into their monthly challenges is phenomenal and they give so much. They've been instrumental in my learning art journey. I find their podcast and their website to be invaluable to all artists. Thank you so much for your energy. And that's from Katie Taylor Bastian. One more, a last minute one, which was from IK Bod. And that's also a five stars. And it just says, really enjoyable podcasts on one of my favourite topics. Do you know, those are so lovely. Um, it's really, really moving, isn't it, to hear these uh, what people say. And um, it's kind of makes me chuckle a little bit when people talk about our energy because um at this time of the morning we haven't got much really no. <laughs> i've actually got a, a load of these printed out on my notice board now oh do you know that's such a good idea yeah. i should do that so when we're feeling a bit crappy we can look at these lovely reviews that we've got yeah oh that's so cool um, yeah, and also we've had so many people, as always, sharing their work with us on social media and so many things have caught my eye. Dorothy Sinise, she's been doing the Quick Kick Challenge, uh, which as we record this is the continuous line drawing in April. And there's there's just something about continuous line drawings that I've spoken about before and I really find them appealing. And um, and I've done some myself and they t- turned out to be the, my favourite pages in my sketchbook. So yeah, I'm really enjoying those. Also, Hilary Milner, she's been doing 
doing the continuous line as well. And I've really loved the one she did recently of the alarm clock. Did you see that one? That she no, posted I don't think I did. No. <laughs> it kind of had its own little personality and it almost it just almost came to life. I really loved it. And um, Andy W. Art, again with the quick kicks, I think that has been the most popular challenge this month. Um, but I've been really loving his drawings too. He did one in particular which was a bottle next to a glass. There was something about that one I really liked. Maybe it's because they're a subject I, I paint a lot, I don't know. But he did them really well. What about you? What's caught your eye? Well, I've got uh, Mary McSween and she did a continuous line drawing. So again, it's a quick kick of coffee pots. Oh, I've uh, seen she, those. Yeah, she's loads. Been loads but she was actually saying that one of her favourite things to do is collage. So I suggested that maybe she did one top of collage and it r- worked really, really well. So oh, yeah, brilliant. Looked really good. So I'm, I'm going to take credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've also got one that I really liked by Rachel Reddin. She's been doing these really nice abstract they create really colourful patterns. I'm really enjoying those. I think they're great. Yeah, I've, I've seen those. There's a name for them, isn't there? Yeah, they're called neo, neo, Nerve something or something. It's, neuro, I've, neuro it's not something. something I've heard of. Um, wasn't Catherine Slater doing some as well? Yeah. I think. Something, was it in some sort of neurolo- neurology? I don't know. I don't know, but it was really interesting. That suddenly, I've never heard of it before, and suddenly a couple of people have been t- testing it out. So, um, yeah. yeah, interesting. Anyway, what's new with you? Um, well, I have finished the first layer of my latest painting um, and this weekend I'll be starting on the mid layer and um, the top layer is really just detail like highlights and things like that. So the mid layer is where it starts getting exciting and starts coming to life and looking a bit more three dimensional and glassy. But aside from that, um, I've also been working on some videos for our second course. We released our first one a couple of weeks ago called How to Use Water-Soluble Wax Crayons, which you can find the link to on our group page in the announcements. And that one is being hosted on the uh, Cara Bullock website. We're not quite ready to talk about the second course yet, but we will do as soon as it's ready. Um, Aside from that, wait for it. Do you want a drum roll? Go on then. I finally went to the hairdressers. Wow! I no longer look like Lemar from Kajagoogoo. <laughs> Although I don't know why I bother having highlights because I realised over this lockdown period that I seem to have quite a few of my very own <laughs> coming through now. <laughs> what nice grey highlights. Silver, silver. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, also, to celebrate my new hair, um, which I had a centimetre off, which was very brave, um, we went out. And, out, and out? Out, out. Not just out, out, out. And we actually saw people and everything it was amazing and it was so lovely to just get a bit dressed up um but it was funny really because all the the pubs and restaurants they're open again but you're only allowed to sit outside um here Uh, so we got all dressed up and then um sat shivering in our coats all evening (laughs) that's the trouble it's too cold here to do that yeah isn't it I mean, they, they had a, more, a marquee, so, but the thing is the walls were open. Yeah. Um, so it was it, it got colder and colder. So we had these lovely, uh, like, well, I say lovely clothes. We, we, didn't, we weren't wearing ball gowns or anything, but we were kind of dressed up and literally just couldn't take our coats off. No. But it was, it was still worth it just to experience a little taste of normality. And actually, at the moment, this week, I need to find something wooden. Let me just touch wood. The weather's been lovely here. I don't know about, about where you are, Tara, but here it's been um, double figures and it's been really sunny and, you know, it's it's sort of it's starting to... It's been quite cold here. Yeah. Has it? Oh, no, it's been fairly warm here, actually. The other day I was outside in my shorts and T-shirts doing some gardening. It was great. You're yeah. right when the sun's out, but when it goes in, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and um, 
one more thing. Paul what? and I, we have both um, got both of our vaccines booked in, and the first one is this Saturday. Yay! So, yeah, so you never know, Tara. We might actually get some sketching dates oh, together. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's so will. I'm so looking forward to going out, out, and with our sketchbooks and... Yeah. Yeah, drawing the town. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. So you never know. What about you? What's new with you? I pulled a muscle in the bum. <laughs> I'm sure everyone really <laughs> wants to know that. How did you do that? Or do we not want to know? Now. It's recovered now. Um, Should I ask it, how? Yeah, it was doing the Oculus. We've got this um, virtual reality, you know, like visor thing. I don't know what you call them. Headset. And I, I've been doing, um, there's an exercise sort of app on there. And I've been doing that most days. Well, not for the last two weeks, I haven't, because my bum hurt. But first of all, it was like my back that hurt, and then it went to my bum. And it's like, I was like getting up out of a chair and trying to sit, and I was sort of sitting wonky in the chair because it hurt. What about a rubber ring? (laughs) No, yeah, that's what I could do with one of those. (laughs) Anyway, it's recovered now. So, yeah. Any unbum-related things? uh, Yeah. Or is that as interesting as your life is at the moment? That that is about it, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) I have been playing around with reels on Instagram. I I know. And actually, you you mentioned this to me, didn't you? And I was, was, while I had a a free 10 minutes yesterday, um, I was trying to look into how to do them. And I was thinking, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. So I think I'm going to need a personal, um, a little personal, uh, what do you call it, lesson from you. Yeah, it's, it's not very complicated, to be honest. It's just making a vertical video. Yeah, uh, but it sort of goes on about you've got to take 15-minute thingies and then you've got to put them together and then you can do... No. Then you can do, like, weird... I noticed one of yours seemed to have a weird effect on it. I thought, wow, that looks really good. Has it? And I thought, I don't know how she's doing this. So, yeah, I need I need a lesson. Oh, well, all, all I've done is done uh, either 15 or second, uh, or 30 seconds little clips you can do. Yeah, but you what's the be- difference then between a reel and what's not a reel then? Because you can do that anyway, can't you? Well, not not uh, you can't do a vertical. An IGTV is also vertical, but they they're like between one and so. If you're going to go over a minute, you go IGTV. Yeah. But if you're going to do a short clip, you mm. go for a reels. Um. So yeah, I've I've been doing those, but what I can't work out is you definitely get more views in general. Mm. Mm. But it is bizarre because I say put one up and I'm I got like two thousand views on one video. You don't get that many likes because I'm guessing. Well, I must admit, if I watch videos, I forget to like them. You know, little clips and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because I put one up and that got like 2,000 views or something. And then I put another up and I would say it's not that dissimilar. It's a different picture, but in a similar style. Yeah. And that's got like 200 and you think, what was different? Did, was, it, what, was it a different day and a different time? It was a different day, but a similar time. So either it just didn't, People just didn't like the picture as much, even though it was a similar style, or I don't know, something happened. Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I can't. Who knows? I can't work it out either. I really can't. I just post, and if people yeah. don't see it, they don't see it, and if they do, they do. <laughs> I, I also so, tried a face to video one where I sat in it and I put put a hat on because I haven't yeah. had a haircut yet. <laughs> but, I yeah. saw that; it was brilliant. And that you know that did all right as well. So people obviously see like seeing my lovely face. Was that your beret? <laughs> no, it's like a I don't know what you call them. Oh, Baker Boy hats. I liked them. it. I thought it really suited you. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be wearing it when we finally get out. No doubt. I'm gonna have to get a fancy hat, aren't I? Yeah, we both, <laughs> both need hats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I've also been um, 
creating some faces are made up of funny little creatures. They're slightly different to the ones I usually do. I don't use it. They're almost kind of doodly. I know, I saw a couple yesterday and um, I really like those. I like those as well. And it's funny because I actually said to Kevin, I'd actually put those up on my wall. And I don't usually want to put my own art on my wall. I know maybe that sounds weird. I know some people love putting it up, but I always feel weird about putting my own stuff up. I've only got one piece of mine up in my whole house. I've got art by other people, but not my own. Only one piece in the kitchen, and that's literally because the colour was perfect. I thought, I need something like that. And I thought, well, what am I talking about? Just put that up. Yeah, it's (laughs) funny though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know whether it's sort of... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I, I think Paul would... There was yeah. one of those wine oh, bottle ones. I thought, oh, that would look so good against the green in our kitchen. Yeah. But then you think, well, yeah, but I could sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> get some money. <laughs> but it isn't even about mine selling. It's just... No. I don't know. It's because I've done it, I guess. I mean, Kevin's got some of mine. He wanted some of mine in his room, his office. Mm. So he's got some in there. But yeah, it's weird. But I have also noticed about how differently I treat my sketchbook to how I treat when I go on to lose paper. Yeah. But, but I like the way I treat my sketchbook, which is the weird thing. So, so go, go on then, elaborate. What do you okay, mean, elaborate. So in my sketchbook, I have didn't used to use colour hardly at all, but I've started using it a lot more lately. And I guess because it's small and because I'm using quite crude methods in generally to colour, so I might be using a pastel, you know, like a wax pastel or I've got these things called Stabilo woodies. Right, They're a yeah. bit like near colour. But, yeah. But because they're quite chunky, I guess, you can't be accurate and I'm very loose and also loose because there's nothing, there's nothing precious about it. Yeah. yeah. And I look at them and I think, oh, I really like that. But then I was, I was trying to bring the same thing to when I was doing those doodly faces. Yeah. And I, I suddenly noticed you are colouring within the li- I'm colouring within the lines. So there am I thinking, I love being loose. Yeah. And then I look at myself and I think, oh my God. <laughs> and so then I deliberately start colouring outside the lines, you know, and try and make it much more rough because it's, it's just bizarre. There's this like switch that goes off because yeah. I'm on a loose bit of paper. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I suppose we should talk about today's um, topic. Today we're talking about 10 skills that every artist needs, aside from being able to draw, of course. Um, and personally, I think one of the most important skills that you need is time management. Um, after all, we actually did an entire episode, didn't we, on time management alone? I think that was episode 23. So it might be worth you checking that out if it is one of your own particular problems but if you can't manage your time you'll find it really hard to fit enough time in for your art and you need to do as much of it as you can so that you can grow and improve as an artist and uh, you know it's not easy especially when you've got a family to look after or a job or both but you've got to find a way of fitting a good amount of regular time in to work on your art and I think the hardest thing about that is that it might mean Well, to be honest, it does mean being selfish at times without feeling guilty. And that is so difficult. Um, But if you've got a painting on the go or an artwork that you want to get done, well, it's not going to do itself, is it? You know, a a good way to make the time is to um, perhaps treat it like an appointment instead. Book a slot 
into your calendar like you would a dentist appointment, whether it's an hour or two hours here and there or a full day. Keep it aside just for your art. And when you do get invited somewhere or somebody wants you to do something, you can look at your calendar and say, well, I'm busy between those times, but I'm free before or after. Or better still, just make a regular day purely for your art so that everyone eventually remembers that you're always busy on that particular day so not to bother asking. Because you do feel guilty if you say no, don't you? Well, I'm pretty good at saying no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit less so. Um, you know, because obviously I want to see people. But at the same time, I, there's this, I'm torn because I know I've committed to perhaps a commission or whatever and it's just very, very hard to say no. Um, I don't think it's even about being committed to a commission. It's you want to do this. Yeah. It's something you want to do. So you should be able to have time to do it. Especially when you work as well, you know, you, then your time to do that thing is limited, isn't it? So when you've then got sort of somebody saying, oh, should we go somewhere or uh, should we pop over or uh, it's hard because you want to, but you want to see those people. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but this is my only day I'm going to get, you know, so it is difficult. I think. By far the number one most important thing about time management is self-discipline. So if you've made an appointment for your art, commit to it. Once you've made your appointment, then you must show up. But like I say, time management is something we could go into in great depth. And we did in episode 23. And I can't say it all on this because we'll be here for, I don't know, about three hours. <laughs> we wouldn't be managing our time very well, would no, we? No, exactly. Yes. You love that episode, don't you? I, I actually thought it was really helpful. It even helped me. Yeah. Like, this is the thing, right? We, we say all this stuff, even if we're really rubbish at it, so we can go back and listen to it and try and make ourselves better. It is true, though, isn't it? It's like when you used to blog about things and, and you'd almost be writing this note to yourself on how you should be. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, also included in managing time is prioritising. Now, that might mean that you have to sacrifice an hour of Netflix in order to draw or but you could also combine it and actually do a bit of drawing while watching netflix if it's a kind of sketchbook thing and we get people in our group doing that don't we yeah There's ava <coughs> and she's she's absolutely brilliant at doing these drawings um watching the tv but you've also you know you can cut out things like don't spend as so much time looking at facebook and spend more time i think the key is more time creating than consuming I think that's, that's what, so true. That's, that's so one of those true. trendy things they say on social media things. Um, but that is really tricky because obviously social media is made to be addictive. So it really takes some doing. But also, I think there's a thing with reali realising actually how long it does take you to create a piece of art. Uh, and not just creating a piece of art, but everything that comes with it. Because once you've created it, you've also got to... Well, if you put it on social media, you've got to do that bit and... And if you're making a video of it and a time lapse, that also takes extra time because I can find that doing the social media bit, because I don't spend days doing a piece of art like you do, that no. my social media could take as long as creating a piece of art. Mm. It's just incredible. So you need to think, although it might take you two hours to create a piece of art, it might take you another hour, two hours to do the social media or whatever to come with it. Yeah, I, you know, we were talking about earlier, weren't we, about um, how sometimes we do a episode to about things we're not really that good at. Yeah, because <laughs> we need to know. And but funny enough, we don't really because sometimes I've, I've I've said, oh, why don't we talk about this? And you say, oh, I'm not really comfortable about talking about this because I'm not that 
I don't really know about it and I'll say the same but there was one I was about to say we should do an episode on how to make the best of social media but I think you're better at that than I am because I'm really slack when it comes to you know making the most of it but I'd love to learn more about that so maybe we should do an episode on that or maybe we should get an expert in or Mm. we do what we could do is we're talking through our ideas now (laughs) we could do a little experiment where for say two weeks we both try certain things okay and then we report back okay well we will discuss after this episode okay um and and do you know what that's so funny because the the next thing (laughs) (laughs) the next thing is focus that clearly Clearly. we crap at clearly we're rubbish at focus we've just got off on one already yeah so number two is focus um and like you say, you know, one of the biggest culprits responsible for us losing our focus is um, our phones. Um, phones are so different these days, aren't they? They don't just ring. Um, they send us text messages. They send us emails. They remind us to do stuff. And they send endless social media notifications. And as soon as you see that banner light up, even if your phone's on the silent, somehow we're just compelled to pick it up, aren't we? Do you know, I really wish that phones were just phones mm. um and then but like you could still have a tablet that would have all the stuff all your you know your internet and yeah. social media but then if you were like out on a phone nobody would then be looking at their phone well i remember in the good old days in um in tesco at the checkout where um nobody could get hold of you because you were just out you were shopping yeah. I mean, how old are we? Yeah, and you were attached to the wall by a curly wire. You couldn't go out and use the phone. If you weren't in, you weren't in. But now you're kind of like, we're losing focus again, aren't we? Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so let's get back to it. So basically, yeah, the phone. If we read a text, so say, for instance, um, in the corner of my art studio, I see the light go up. It's so tempting, isn't it, to just say, oh, I wonder who that is, pick it up. And then if you read part of a text and you think, oh, what's, what's the rest of it say then? And then we realise that if we read it, we need to reply because if we don't reply, then we forget a bit later on. And then that reply could then trigger an entire conversation, which you weren't really sort of bargaining for. <laughs> and, and, and perhaps like if we get a comment on social media, the first thing you want to do is respond because it feels rude keeping someone waiting for a response. I'm sure they're not waiting for a response at all, but you kind of feel like that, don't you? But then that takes us down a whole new rabbit hole before you know it. What was a moment's distraction has become an hour. So what I do, and I'm really quite good at this now when I'm in the studios, I even I put my phone onto the um, do not disturb setting but that way I don't get distracted. I can catch up with everything that's gone on on my phone when I finish what I'm doing. I don't have to do it then, you know. And there is an app that you can actually use to help you focus. And it's called um, uh, Focus Keeper. And I think we've spoken about that in episode 23 as well. So I'm not going to go into that too much here either. But basically, it just uses a, a timer to break down your work into timed intervals separated by little breaks. And that helps you to maintain your focus so they're worth checking out those apps there's lots of different ones too um another one is off time and um that is one i think you can set certain times in your day where it literally blocks the things that distract you the most such as social media um and that would be good to use if you have a regular painting date or a a date to do your art you can say right on those days shut that off you know i'll tell you what another culprit that a lot of people find distracting particularly when you work from home. I don't think this is going to be one of your problems, Tara. (laughs) (laughs) But it's housework. 
Um, if you are trying to work on a painting and say you work in your kitchen, but you can see that the dishwasher needs loading in the corner of your eye, you've got a big pile of ironing falling out the, the cupboard, you know, it's easy to keep getting up and thinking, I'll just quickly do this, I'll just quickly do that. And, you know, but those things, they can wait. They're not urgent. Fitting housework in is a lot easier than fitting art in. So get the art done first. Because, um, like I say, the rest of it, it, it doesn't matter. It can wait. It will get done. The bathroom for me is a distraction, the, uh, cleaning the bathrooms. Uh, That's I a have... good distraction for you because the well, last not... few weeks you keep coming up with all these great ideas that you say you, you came up with while your head was down the toilet. Yeah, well, no, one was while my head was down the toilet and um, one was while I was sitting on the toilet. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I take it when your head was down the toilet, you weren't actually being sick, not you were just cleaning time, it. No. You yeah, were cleaning it. at the same time, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear i wonder yeah. what what piece of art you were thinking about at the time i know i came up with some ideas for podcast <clears> oh I? that's right yes i yeah. remember yeah also regarding focus there's a thing where you commit to a project and don't let other projects distract you a lot of us like including me have got that shiny object syndrome have you got shiny object syndrome yeah but my my shiny object syndrome is for real shiny things yeah but anyway, we might start a project, but then we think of something else and it diverts our attention. So you might start doing this painting or something. Meanwhile, something else pops into your head and that the lure of that sort of takes away from what you're doing. So you've got to try and start on one thing and actually finish it. And this is the curse of all creatives. I think we all have a little bit of this problem. But a great way to maintain that focus is to set challenges for yourself or to take part in challenges. And that could be to draw something every day for 30 days or to work on something for certain days. It doesn't even have to be every day. It could be like two days of this week. It's almost like your appointment you were saying before. I am going to do this. And if you set yourself a period of time that's not too long, it means you know there's an end to it. So if you start doing something, you said, oh, I'm not sure if this is for me, that shiny object doesn't get in the way because in two weeks' time or 30 days' time, you know you can switch and do the shiny object thing. I like the idea of a shiny object thing. Do but, you? Yeah, and, and you are right. It's like I am very, I'm so easily distracted. I really am. If I just see something, I'll, I'll be walking to the fridge to pick up milk and realise I can see something else. Oh, I meant to do that a minute ago and I'll do that. As I'm on my way to that, I, I think, oh, actually, I've got to quickly put the bin out. And so I'll, I'll do about, I don't know, seven different things just on my way to do the one thing I was looking at doing in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah well, I'm bad with like, with uh, Facebook. Like for our podcast, we have all the answers, don't we, for the questions that I yeah. have to, I go <coughs> on and I copy those out and put them mm. on the put them on the document. But I sometimes will go go to copy those things off Facebook. Meanwhile, we'll see someone asking something or whatever in the group, answer that, come off Facebook, start doing something else, and think, oh, my God, I haven't even actually done the thing that mm. I went on for. Yeah. Just shows you. It does. Anyway, on to number three, which is C. So we all hear that saying, don't we? Draw what you see and not what you think you see. And I remember hearing that so often when I was a beginner artist and thinking, I don't know what the nerf you're talking about. <laughs> but basically, it just means don't make assumptions. Um, and that is a mistake that beginner artists so often make. Just because in your head that you think you know what something looks like, it doesn't mean that you don't need to really look at what's in front of you. 
And you need to take that label away and forget about what it is you're drawing. And instead of thinking it as the subject it actually is, just look at it as a series of shapes and angles and curves and tones. And once you learn to do that, your art will improve so quickly. Um, and I'll tell you another tip about seeing. And actually, this um, is something my dad once said to me. And I remember we were in the Natural History Museum when he said it. And he said, always look up. Don't forget to look up. And um, apparently, why he said that is the most spectacular piece of art in the entire museum is the one that most visitors miss. And that is because it's on the ceiling. And I did look up and it was it was absolutely amazing, this, this ceiling. It was incredible. But, you know... Ever since then, I have always looked up. When I'm walking around the woods, sometimes I'll just look up and, and I've seen um, great big buzzards sitting in their nests. I've said, do you know what I mean? You, you just miss what's going around. Everything's eye level. Yeah. And um, I mean, Paul always accused me of never looking up in the house because um, my house is always clean, but then there's always cobwebs. <laughs> so I don't often look up in the house, but look around you, look up, take notice of everything. And that really helps with the inspiration. Yeah, but you could now tell him that the reason you don't take notice of the cobwebs is because you're ignoring housework because you need to get some art done. Exactly. Yes, good point. Ammunition. <laughs> also, you were talking about um, drawing what you actually see. And a mm. good way of doing that is doing that upside down drawing thing, isn't it? From, I think yeah. it was, I don't know if she invented it, but is it Betty Edwards who yeah. had the, the book on drawing? Drawing on she, the right side of the brain. That's the one. She talks about how because we assume so much like you were saying before like we assume an eye is kind of a shape of an almond yeah then we draw an almond even though that's not what's really there so if you turn a photograph of someone upside down and then try and draw it that way instead of drawing what you think you see you will actually draw what you see and that is supposed to be a good way to practice actually drawing what you see yeah it is yeah um other things about seeing is trying to look at your subject more than you do at, do at your paper. Uh, and a good way to practice that is by doing blind contour drawings where you're only looking at your subject and you're not looking at your paper at all. Now, they might not look like your actual thing you're drawing, although they do generally, like you said before, they have a real quirk about them, don't they? Yeah, but I mean, you don't necessarily have to do that in continuous line either when you're just looking at your subject and not your paper. No, but if you do it in continuous line, I think the thing about that is it keeps you to more where your place would be. Yeah, Whereas true. If you're doing it like, um, and you're not looking at the paper, unless you're really, really practiced, then you're probably going to draw one eye right over one side of the paper and another <laughs> over the other. <laughs> and and by doing it continuous, keeps it a little bit more together. But but anyway, but the thing that does is just trains you to look at the object more mm. than the paper. Um. And then also try seeing tones of light and dark in what you're working on. And if you squint your eyes, it's much easier to see those tones. Um, and you can also cheat. So if you're doing something uh, that's based on a photograph, you can obviously turn it black and white digitally. Um, you don't want to do that all the time. But if you do that to start with, it will actually help you see which bits are dark and which bits are light. Because sometimes they kind of it is very hard to pick out with different colors if it's a color photograph especially it's harder to see what is dark and what is light well i think anyway do you well i think i think as well people again make assumptions about it if you are looking at a scene in front of you and there is a fridge and it's in a room 
um, and the room's got a black door. You assume, because the, the door's black and the fridge is white, you'll just assume that the door is going to be darker than the fridge. But if you really look, because the sun's streaming through the window, it's bouncing off of the door, which makes the door much, much brighter and lighter than the fridge, which is in shadow. Yeah. So it, the, the white will be darker than the black. And that's the thing that a lot of people forget. That's, that's what I was sort of saying earlier about the, the assuming things. It's, you have to take notice of those things. Yeah, uh, but I do think the colour thing really makes mm. it harder as well, doesn't it? Which is why making something black and white actually does help you see. Oh, 100%. It really, really does. And because colour you can get... Uh, again, I, I remember painting... Um, do you remember the teacup painting I did with the lipstick mark? Yeah. You know, that's that was just a white, a plain white teacup. But when I was really, really looking at it, I was picking out all sorts of colours and I think the colour I used least on my pla palette was probably white. And it was really interesting just how colourful or what just a white cup can be. Yeah, I mean, there is those real subtle changes in colour hues, isn't there? And warmth like, and, and cool and, yeah, you know. Nothing is one simple colour, is it? Especially no. skin tones. Yeah. Uh, I, I always find it quite weird when you get these pastels or whatever and they say flesh tint. Well, for a start, there's so many ranges of skin colours, you there know, is. from really pale to really dark. Yeah. But how can you say that that's flesh, flesh tint? I know. And plus, even if there was someone who had, if you held that up against their skin, it was kind of similar. Well, most of their face wouldn't be that colour because you'd have the darks and you'd have other colours that were bouncing on their skin. I know. I know. It's, I think if you have a flesh-coloured paint, you can, I suppose, um, add different colours to it. But to be honest, I've got a flesh-coloured um, paint and um, I got it when I was a beginner. And yeah. I, uh, I don't use it when I'm painting no. flesh. I don't think, well, I don't think I've used it since I got it the first time. It's awful. It's really awful. <laughs> but I, you could actually use it. You could add to, to it to you know to make it different colors but i yeah. prefer just mixing my own flesh tints anyway but but i always find as well that it, it, skin looks nicer if you well, you know i always err towards bloody purple don't I? <laughs> but, um, but if you're and my, my people are always yellow so that doesn't really help does it but if i was trying to do something more realistic i would just have such a range of colors in there because in the shadows you'd have you know some some purple and then in the highlights you might even you know you'd have some uh, maybe some yellows and stuff and, and then I always find it nice to put a li little bit of a kind of cooler blue in places as well so there's such a mix it, there it's is never just one and when oh, it comes to tone with your colors actually you were saying about oh your faces are yellow a lot of your faces yeah. are yellow actually it doesn't matter what color you use if you've got the tone right it doesn't matter yeah but I was going to say, I have actually got um, a pastel that is called salmon, right? That I actually got for doing like a, a Caucasian skin tone, but not for doing it if I was doing a proper thing. It was basically if I was doing a live drawing and just quickly, you know, on a five minute drawing, wanting to shove a, a colour down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've, I think I've used that once. Oh, really? So, yeah, I think yeah. I've got that one. That's a neo colour, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, I didn't like it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, number four, imagine. 
So you need to be able to use your imagination. And if you listen back to episode 84, we devoted again that whole episode to using your imagination. So I'm not going to elaborate to that degree here, obviously. But you should do what's right for the art. And that might mean editing what's in front of you. Just because there's a dirty old wheelie bin in the middle of the street doesn't mean you have to include it. But on the other hand, maybe that's just what the scene needs to give it some character. And if that's the case, then just add one in. And equally, you can move things around if you need to. Maybe a lamppost would look better in the painting if it was further over. Well, then move it. And you can do the same with colours. If something needs a splash of red, then find a way of adding it. And that's basically what is meant by um, artistic licence. Being an artist gives you a licence to adjust what's in front of you for the benefit of the artwork itself. You don't have to be true to what you see. You can adjust. And of course, a part of that imagination, you need to be able to generate ideas. But that could be as simple as deciding what to paint. Or it could be in generating really weird and wonderful and imaginative ideas. It could be anything from one one scope to the other. Um, It's also great if you can think a little differently to other people to make your work stand out. So if you want, why can't a person be blue? And also, if they were blue, that means you wouldn't have to use that salmon pink (laughs) flesh flesh tone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so number five, getting over failure. If you can't do that, then don't even bother being an artist because you're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot, you know. Fear of failure is something that stops so many artists in their tracks and prevents them from progressing. But it's such an important part of the process to do things wrong. You know, we can't learn and we can't improve without making mistakes. And if we never fail, well, then we won't progress. So every time you think you failed, and I don't even like that word, um, you've actually learned something new. So really, that word is not failure. It's, it's you know, um, progressing. Yeah, and I mean, that, sorry. sorry. Well, you took a breath. I thought you finished. <laughs> <laughs> She's so horrible to me. Uh, what I was going to say is it, fa- failing is just positive because in the, in the long run, it helps us to pr- progress. So you just need to see it in a more positive way. So I was really just repeating what I'd already said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so see if you can use that failure as well. For example... I've created bits of art I don't like, but I might like the principle behind them. There might have been a sort of an idea that I've gleaned that I can actually use the next time. Or you can actually rip up your failures and reuse them. In his art class um, that I I did recently, Lewis Rosignol shares he keeps all his old drawings. I don't know about all of them. He keeps a lot of his old drawings and sometimes rips them and reuses them in bits of his sketchbook. You can also use them as backgrounds for a new painting if you knock them back a bit. So does he does he save the ones he thinks he does just doesn't like? Is he just using bits of them he does like then? Yeah, I think oh, he's, a good idea. he's obviously done whether it's sketches in a sketchbook or whatever in a in a page, and he doesn't mm. like it. And there might be a little piece, or either he doesn't like it, or he just you know he's not that wowed, I guess, by the whole by the thing as a page. Yeah, I so see. Yeah, so I tried it actually when I was doing this thing and I took this, I got these little tiny sketches I'd done of Kevin golfing. I'd gone down the golf club with him and he'd been putting and trying to draw someone as they're trying to putt is not very easy because they just constantly move. Yeah. There were some that I'd managed to capture a piece of movement, so I just cut some of those out and stuck them on. It didn't really make sense with the layout, you know, as in what else was on the page, just to sort of create a bit of interest and experiment. Yeah. It's me again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Should we go back to number two, which was focus? <laughs> I, I'm really not focused, am I? It's terrible. No. Okay, so are you criticising me, Tara? Yeah, I am. Yes. <laughs> and funnily enough, that is the next point, isn't it? Yes, take criticism. And this really is a biggie because hearing someone criticise your work can be soul-destroying. It really can. But you cannot and you never will please everyone. What one person likes, another won't. And that is the biggest thing about art. It's so subjective. It's like it's like music. You know, it's highly unlikely, isn't it, that someone who loves opera is going to love death metal as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not, are they? And, and just because someone criticises your work, it doesn't mean that they are right necessarily. But on the other hand, if it is constructive criticism and they are right, then it's also important to be able to listen and be open-minded to what they're saying because that can actually help you improve. So learn who to listen to, but don't always assume you're right, or sorry, they're right. Well, yeah, both. You're right or they're right. <laughs> but just take it. It doesn't matter. You're always going to get criticism at some level and, and it's just part of it. I think the funny thing or the difficult thing is knowing if the person is right or not. Because mm. I've mentioned before... You can get too close to your work. Yeah. And and years ago, I told you I did this little cartoon and I was really happy with it. And then someone who actually doesn't know what they're doing... Doesn't says, or does. Do, does, does. Doesn't know what they're <coughs> doing. Says to me, well, her face looks really square and really heavy. I would soften that off mm. and, uh, and make it slightly more... You don't have to make it completely curved and make it more curvy. And I did it, and I like I look, I'm looking at, it and I was thinking, oh, I, don't, I really don't like it as much, you know. But I thought she does know what she's talking about, this woman. Yeah. So, so I left. I so I, I, I did it all. I changed it to what she suggested. And I look back at it now, and oh my god, was she so right? Yeah. It was untrue. But I was so stuck and have so fixed in my idea that I couldn't see it at the time. Just is kind of bizarre it's but, really but interesting because i think um like learning to who to listen to often you'll think well another artist is who i should be listening to and and yes that's true if that artist is someone who has the same sort of a similar style to you works in a certain way then obviously they're the kind of people i'd want to look to to say you know what do you think about this if i was to ask an abstract artist what they think I should do about one of my perhaps one of my bottle paintings they might say oh loosen up put some hard lines around it do this do that and of course okay that might be right for their kind of art certainly not right for my kind of art and and equally I wouldn't sort of say I could say to them well I do think you need to you know blend your tones a bit more you know so sometimes an actual artist isn't necessarily the one who will know best sometimes it's someone who doesn't paint at all and the one person I find most valuable to me when it comes to um criticizing when he never criticized my work but um giving an opinion as to what he feels may or may not be quite right in his eyes is actually Paul my husband who is not remotely artistic but he's really good at sort of seeing pattern and I think it's because he's colorblind but um and he I'll often say to him right before I put the paint down is there anything on this that you can see that's not doing it for you and he's like he'll sometimes say well yeah, there's like this diagonal line there and it just looks too straight and I'll look at it then and think do you know what he's right he's actually right or when I've done something he'll say yeah I like that I'm not so keen on that bit but and I think sometimes it's the people that don't paint that are often 
can be more right than the people that do because the people that do have their own ideas, don't they, of what you should and shouldn't do. Whereas people who are just viewing art, they're probably the ones you want to please the most, aren't they? Yeah, and it, I think it's really weird with art as well because it is so subjective, Yeah, like you said before. I mean, I did... Do you remember that drawing I'd done the other day? Of Which the one? Woman, woman with the blonde hair, long blonde oh, hair. Oh, God, that was so funny, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And and I and you said to me that is the favourite you you've seen of the faces. Well, we often I, chat, don't we? When I'm walking the dog or something, we just have a phone yeah. call, and and you were sort of saying you hated it. I do hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I was but, like, I but I just said to you, my God, that was the one I liked the best of all. I thought that was amazing. Which, which just goes to show you that you know it, it's not necessarily about right and wrong, anyway, is it? So. No. You know, but you could have hated that one and I could have loved it. And you could have criticised and said, oh, I don't mean criticise, criticise, but you could have said, oh, it's not one of my favourites or I don't like the way you've done that. And yet I could have loved it. Yeah, and, and equally I could have said to you, mm, that's not one of my favourites, but a hundred other people could say to you, I love that one. Exactly. It's, so. it's just bizarre. But but also, if you try and please everyone, your work can end up re being really bland or really unnoticeable in the end. Yeah. It, it's just not possible to please anyone. Um, the other well, day... Hopefully I, someone. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully someone. Someone the other day put a comment on one of my abstract faces and they were trying to be, you know, they were really just trying to provoke, I think. And um, they put like, in my humble, or my, in my arrogant opinion or something, it said, it's a bit wonky. Who said, that, what, where was this on Instagram? Instagram, yeah. And p p comments are usually kind on Instagram in yeah. general, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And he just, just, he just said, and it was, it, I had to look up what the phrase meant, but it was in my arrogant opinion or something. It's a bit wonky. Okay. And I, so I just said, yes, it is. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was one of my abstract faces where I deliberately make... <laughs> one big eye, one small eye. I shift over the nose and shift over the mouth. Well, that so well, that would almost be like you putting a, a comment on my Instagram saying, um, "It's a bit perfect." Yeah. Well, well, mine, nothing of mine is perfect, but yes, it, is. it looks like a wine bottle. Well, yeah, yeah, or it looks too realistic to me. Yeah, to you exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, People saying it. it's just, you know, it is funny, isn't it? But yeah, on the whole, um, Instagram's great for comments i'll tell you the worst place is um youtube isn't it my god yeah. I, I mean we've been really really lucky but sometimes when i look at other people's um videos and you look at some of the comments you think my god that's so cruel how can people be so cruel you know it's horrible i think it's um really strange how um youtube is like that and that sort of <laughs> scares me off my own channel really i don't bother with it <laughs> yeah and i always think as well those those people, they would never say that if they were standing there, no. you know, in front of you. Mm. And I don't actually think there's anything wrong if they say something, you know, that, that actually like makes sense and it's not just cruel, mm. as in constructive. Let's go on to number seven then, which is self-promote. And oh my goodness, this is really hard at first. Just being able to say those words, I am an artist. I mean, that's hard enough, isn't it? But you've also got to be comfortable talking about your art. And one of the best ways of doing that, of course, is to share it on social media. And I don't just mean posting a finished piece of work and then, you know, slapping a price tag on it and gushing all over it. You know, share progress shots, talk about your process and the story behind it. And the right people will be generally interested. 
if you want to take your art seriously, then you've got to be able to comfortably share and promote your art and put a value on it without feeling like a complete narcissist, which is, you know, what well, it is easy to feel like that, isn't it? I mean, I obviously share my paintings on my art page on Facebook, but I also share my work on my friend page. And I know that not everyone on my personal Facebook is remotely interested in art, but at the same time, well, that is part of who I am. It's a huge part of who I am. So I'm going to share it. And if they don't, you know, find it interesting, well, then they don't. I'll equally share um, maybe if I failed miserably at uh, making a sponge cake. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. But um, it's it's weird, isn't it? How we can almost... I, I'd find it really easy to promote your art, Tara. And I'm sure you'd find it really easy to promote mine. But it's promoting our own. It's very much harder especially when you are beginning it's knowing when that when it's the right time to self-promote as well isn't it yeah I, I've not got this one down I must admit I'm, I struggle with this I find it I, I don't have any problem with like sharing art and talking about it but the actual trying to get the sale type thing yeah you know what I mean that mm. piece I struggle with because when you're new you don't know where to pitch your art you don't know who your audience is. It's like, who is my audience? I don't know. And you don't know when you have got good enough to start selling either. Where, where is that line from, you know, I can't, I, I, you know, it's not the right time to start selling or, or it is. That's the thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. I think the right time for me was when somebody asked me, oh, do you sell? Because I'm really yeah. interested. Then I started realising, actually, yeah, maybe this is the time now where I know enough and... I was yeah. able to then start looking at that th that kind of thing, but it is difficult. Yeah, it's so tricky because, like, I know I, I've had I've had people ask me about doing commissions, you know, in, in the past yeah. uh, of, of a face, but then you sort of tell them a price, and then it's like, whoa, you know, yeah. they just go quiet, and so you think, well, have I pitched it too high, or is this just not my audience? Yeah, um, and it's also with that thing like I was looking the other day. I was telling I was telling my partner Kevin about this earlier. Um, there's this guy who I like his art, and he does kind of it's a bit graffiti looking. It's kind of you know I like that Jean. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. Jean Michel Baptiste. Oh like yes, that. yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of in that sort of ilk. It's very graffiti, but he kind of does these faces, and he's got these little miniature artworks, and they're only they're about seven by seven inches by something so they're, they're very small but he's painted them in, in acrylics on a little panel and used that and markers and I went onto his Etsy store I wonder how much these are and they're like 28 30 pounds blimey and you, and you just look and you think how can you make that pay yeah you know because I assume like your materials have cost you a few pound then you've got your Etsy fees yeah. Then you've probably got your PayPal fees. So you're probably now down to 20 quid or just over 20 pound. And it's like, and then you've got to post it. Yeah. Well, quite, <laughs> quite honestly, I don't charge anywhere near enough for my art if, if I was looking at time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I make money. But um, I if I really, really was looking at the time it took, I probably should slap another zero on the end of half of them. Yeah. <laughs> but Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that is the bizarre thing, because like we were saying, okay, so this guy there is selling these tiny little paintings. He does bigger paintings for mm. more, but they're still not a lot. Mm. But then, like you say, 
you should be slapping another knot on. And there will be people who are slapping one or two more knots on for oh, practically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think art should be more affordable as well. So I like making it available to people, you know, to people, but without doing myself out of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't want to work on something for weeks and weeks and then it's not worth doing, obviously, not if it's a commission. I think it depends if you if you were doing that as your full-time business. Yeah. Oh, then you yeah. probably had to slap the knot on. Yeah. And uh, and I just think that is one of the tricky things about self-promoting. Mm. I know we've gone off, off topic slightly, but with self-promotion, it's like you don't know where to pitch yourself, do you? And, and I, um, the woman who was trying to promote my art as these NF- these digital pieces of art, yeah, she told me to, she said, you've not got your art, art on for enough. You know, your yeah. physical art. And she says, go and put them, I won't say it, but she says, go and put them all up. And she goes, it doesn't matter because if you're not selling any for what you're selling them for, it doesn't matter if you put them up. Because if you're still not selling them, it doesn't matter. But it's that perceived. I I feel, I think she's right there, by the way. It's, it, but it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I so, thought that myself. I think I said it to you at the time. Well, I think we've had multiple discussions and they've gone <laughs> up and down and, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not yeah. selling any, it doesn't matter, does it? But it's like that. It's like, where do you pitch, pitch it? Because I do think mm. sometimes someone goes to it and if, if you've got them up for 50 quid, they might think, Ugh. you yeah. know, and if you've got them up for 500 quid, they might think, mm. oh, maybe, you know, or it's just that weird perception. But anyway, back to the topic more about self-promotion. And it does mean you have to learn a bit of techie stuff. And building a website does not have to be as hard as you think it is if you keep it really simple and just use a template. Uh, although, I must say that I used a website builder this time. Uh, I used Wix. And, oh, my God, I found it such a nightmare. And I wouldn't recommend it. So, <laughs> sorry, Wix. Now, we're not going to get sued, are we? <laughs> no, I hope not. But it, it, it wasn't my cup of tea anyway. Yeah, but, but lots it, of people do use it and love it. But yeah. Yeah. But I think if you used it just to show your artwork, you'd be mm. fine. Yeah. But where the tricky bit comes, and it probably does with any system, is when you're trying to put it up for sale and then you have to work out all the taxes for all yeah. the countries and stuff like that anyway well you know i found that with the website builder i use i loved it i really loved it and you can get a beautiful website but um on the other hand when it came to trying to put things up to sh- you know to quote to ship to other countries there's no way of actually doing that you i and in the end i've just thought you know what i'm just going to put if you're living in another country, just ask me how much it's it's going to be to send, you know, to that country, yeah. and then I'll quote that bit separately. That's the only way I could do it because there just didn't seem a, a right way of doing it. So there seems to be with these websites, there's always a downside. But generally speaking, you can get really really easy ones um, if you just want to show your art, you know. And like I say Wix would be perfect if you mm. just want to show your art, and it will do all that stuff. So unlike what you said, you can set all the taxes. Yeah. It's just so hard to get your head around. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And um, also you need to learn, of course, a bit of social media basics if you're going to self-promote yourself. And also not just for promoting yourself, also for connecting with other people. So that could be other artists and you might co-promote each other. Um, we're thinking about doing this now a bit, aren't we, with kicking the creatives yeah. sort of yeah. co- co-promoting. Uh, and also I don't believe... Afraid to say I'm an artist. I think you said that before, but 
I actually now think of myself as an artist rather than a graphic designer, yeah. I think. But that's taken a while. Yeah, I do. I, I don't find it hard at all now, but I remember I did. used to think I was, um, I suppose it's that imposter syndrome, isn't it? At the yeah, end of the day, that's what I do. Always have that. Yeah. I paint and and I create and I, I sell my work. Of course, I'm an artist. It's just it is hard to say at first because you just feel a little bit just feel odd, you know. Well, also it depends. And we we talked about this before. Your definition of an artist is yeah. whether are you making a living as an artist hmm. or or not, isn't it? Yeah. But that might not be the definition. I think the definition is just you create art. Absolutely. The other um, thing, number eight, let's move on to number eight, which is accept rejection. So you're not, it doesn't matter what kind of artist you are, how experienced you are, how fantastic you are, you won't always be the right fit for galleries. You won't always get into a competition. You certainly won't always win it. Don't let that worry you because as we said earlier, art is subjective and at the end of the day, it is about the taste of the person who is looking at it at the time. I mean, if an abstract artist approached a gallery full of realism paintings, well, they're not going to to get in, are they? They're going to be rejected. Um, But equally, if a a realism painter approached a a gallery full of abstract paintings, then they're not going to get accepted either. It's about finding the right fit, seeing where your art fits um, I don't know how you feel about that, Tara. Yeah, I mean, I've I, in the past I've tried approaching galleries. Oh, mm. it's horrible! <laughs> it's really horrible. I, I've had I, I've had a piece in in a couple of galleries. Yeah. Not the stuff I do now, but this is years ago, years ago. But actually walking in somewhere and asking is just the most horrible thing. Oh, it is, isn't it? And it, I, it's like you were saying before. It'd be much easier. I'd find be much happier going in with yours or somebody else's art to try and sell it because the personal thing has gone it's not it doesn't feel like it's a personal yeah thing and it's actually also quite hard sometimes unless they're just horrible people for that person to have to say no you know I mean we get pitches don't we to come on our podcast sometimes and some of them we're just like wow that's such a good fit yeah brilliant let's talk other times it, it it we just know that that's not the right fit for our I, you know, I think we got asked, um, didn't we buy a circus performer yeah. or something well, yeah. before? And as much as that's brilliant, it's not the right fit for our podcast. So we have to then say, I'm so sorry, but it, it's just not what our listeners are expecting. And it's not very nice having to say no, of course it's not. But it's just part of it. Um, but yeah, I when... do, do notice with some of those, they actually have someone else pitch them. Mm. And I think that is such a good way to do it. Yeah, uh, then you haven't got to know yeah. whether they say no. You have got the personal no. rejection, have you? Exactly. But I think the worst thing is actually your actual art itself being rejected. But that will happen. It's going to happen. It is part of the process. So you have to learn to accept rejection. Okay, we've got number nine, which is say no. This sounds like a drugs advert. Just say it? no. <laughs> Wasn't that Grange Hill? Yeah. <laughs> any, anyone in the USA, which is about 85% of our listeners, is not going to know what we're talking about. And anybody a lot younger than us won't yeah, know what we're talking about That's true, that's true. I think so, they were all smoking marijuana though while they were seeing yeah, that. Yeah, they were. Apparently. <laughs> but basically, what we're saying is don't say yes to other projects for fear of missing out that good old FOMO. Unless, of course, you completely love the idea. Otherwise, it takes away more of your time. You can can I just away. ask Tara, what is yep. FOMO? Because I don't know what that is. Fear of missing out. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, I've just learned something. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had yeah, to but, ask because I thought anyone else like me is going to be thinking, what do you mean FOMO? Well, I said before it, fear of missing out. FOMO. I still, I didn't, still didn't get it. No. Okay. <laughs> but basically, if you say yes to things that you're not that bothered about, or just because you think something good might come of it, it takes away time that you could be spending on your art. And I am so guilty of this. I... I get involved with a project sometimes and I think, why have I done this? I say because I think, oh, I think that could be, you know, uh, something really good could come of that. And then I think, I'm partway through and I think, why did you say yes to this? Always doing that. So true, yeah. And then also say no to friends and family for free stuff. Unless you're doing this as a hobby or it's something you really want to do, of course. Maybe offer them a discount instead. I mean, I mean, maybe your mum and dad or your sister or something, but then that's a case of... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But but also, e- even then, it's like, you only want to do so much, don't you? you well, yeah, you can, yeah. And, and also, in that case, you can just say, but it'll be when it'll be, and when I yeah. feel like doing it. I think I told you about this one, and I'm going to say this because I don't think they'll ever listen, but somebody basically asked me to create a book of illustrations for... Right that they were basically i won't go into the full story but they were um they were adopting some kids right and they wanted to create a little book of illustrations of their to to show the kids about their life oh, so that's it'd a be nice idea. yeah so it'd be how they met and and all this and you know about their family kind of thing which is a lovely idea but they asked me if i would create it for them you know. Which is fine, but were they asking you to do it for free? Yeah, for free. Yeah, um, that's the trouble. But, and it takes I, a long prob- time. The problem is, they. I would imagine they probably think that would take me a day to do because mm. they wanted cartoons of you know, or but literally that would have taken me weeks. I think a lot of people don't realise that, don't they? I mean, I've been asked to do. Oh, can you just do a quick sketch of that? And I'm like, well. It, it's not just that simple. Things don't just fall off the brush. No. Because yeah. well, you're really good at drawing like Felicity Fizz cartoons. But if I was going to try and do cartoons of, of these people, well, first of all, I would have to decide what the character, what they're going to look like as cartoons. Mm. So that's like drawing them still. Then I would have to work out the compositions for all of these drawings in this book. And then I'd actually have to draw them. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> It'd be minimum actually when I got into the drawings, it'd be half a day of drawing. Yeah. It'd take me forever. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But but I I'm sure they weren't very happy when I when I said no. So yeah. yeah, but I think I think when you not when you don't paint and you see somebody else paint, you think it looks effortless. And actually that's a misconception, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you're if you're asking someone to do something for free you are then taking away that person's opportunity to be doing something that will be earning them their living. Or, for, for me, it was, I wouldn't actually enjoy doing that, no. that book. Because Do it if you think you're going to love doing it. Yeah, and, exactly. And you're like, I love that idea. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, I've got the time to do that. And I'll enjoy that. Brilliant. But, yeah, otherwise sometimes you just do you have to say no don't you yes yeah, tricky really tricky though and the same with commissions you know if, if you if somebody asks you to paint something that's just not the right fit for you you know instead of taking it on and stressing about it like I've done in the past and I've I've learned from experience that really do not do it because it is such a stress instead of taking it on because you think well oh god I can't miss this opportunity for to earn this money 
just don't. It isn't worth the stress. Recommend another artist who you think would be a better fit, you know, and don't also take on a commission if you already have too many. Not unless they're happy to be put on a waiting list because, you know, if you're taking on a commission, then you're committing to it. And that can be a lot of pressure if you're on a deadline. So just be sensible about it. Um, Because the last thing you want to do is rush a painting or take on something you just don't enjoy doing. I've done it so many times where I've taken on a painting I don't I know I'm not going to love. And it is I'm never doing it again. I know. I think the problem with that as well is when you take on a drawing or a painting like that, you sometimes end up doing it multiple times. Maybe not with you with your realism, but like say someone asked you to do a sketch, say, of yeah. something. You'll do it once and then you'll look at it and you think, because you haven't put your heart into it, you haven't loved it, you don't like the end result. That's so the then, thing, yeah. Then you think, oh God, I'm not happy with that. I'm now going to have to draw that thing I don't want to draw again. Yeah. To try and get a result that I'm happy with. So but you still don't end up happy with it because you haven't enjoyed the process. No, so exactly. you hate the painting and, and then that's going to hang on someone's wall. Yeah. And that's that's there forever with your name on it, you know. It's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, we're on to number 10 and that is be brave. Uh, experiment and try things out. You never know what you're going to enjoy until you try it. Now, even if you have a set style that you love, like Sandra, for example... There's no harm in stepping out of your comfort zone and trying something new. And I know you do this more in your sketchbook now, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, if you want to, of course, don't be afraid to get out there in public and sketch. But it won't be as scary as you think, uh, especially if you stick some headphones on or something. And at the moment, of course, very few people are actually going to approach you. So now is a good time. Yeah, definitely. Um, Now is definitely a good time because nobody's going to come within two meters of them, are they? And be confident. You know, if you can't be confident, then just pretend to be. If you don't appear confident in your own work, then no one else will be. And and like Tara says, be open to new opportunities. I remember when Youngman Brown invited me to be a guest on his podcast, Your uh, Your Creative Push, and I was so close to saying no. I mean, the idea of being interviewed on a podcast was completely alien to me and so terrifying. I was I was used to listening to podcasts, you know, not being on them. <laughs> and I was so, I was just so terrified. I was so nervous. I'd been um, interviewed before for magazine articles where they write to you and, and they ask you questions and then you've got time to sit there and think about your, your answers and things like that. But I'd never been on anything where I had to actually talk to someone um, you know, with no option for me to edit. Um, but anyway, despite being nervous, I actually obviously did do it. And that led, didn't it, Tara, to the two of us two meeting. And of course, that has led to kicking the creatives. So just by being brave and daring to say yes to something you feel maybe a bit scared of, some really good things can come out of it. Yeah, and probably from that, your sketching style has changed and I've started painting again. Exactly. All from that one thing. Yeah, yeah. Meeting me, Tara, was the best thing that's ever happened to you, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's debatable. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was also going to say, because when we first did our first podcast together, actually, as well, mm-hmm. not, not an interview, that was also quite scary because I'd never, ever planned that um, I would do a podcast where I would share my opinions. It was always going to be, when I was doing a podcast before, it was always interviewing someone else. So when we did that first together, I was like, oh my God, this is something totally new. Yeah. And scary. 
Yeah, and we were like, both like, terrified, weren't we? Who wants to know our opinion? Exactly, and I remember when we, we first interviewed someone together as well. I mean, I was just... Oh, the idea. I was like a rabbit in the headlights. But you get better at things. You get used to things. And, you know, these things, I never feel brave anymore if I do a podcast. It's just something now we do from time to time, isn't it, with other people. And yeah. it doesn't bother me at all. But, you know, it, you've got to, you've got to um, say yes. Bit, you've got to get you? over that hurdle of saying yes first, you know, and saying, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> Right, so are we now on to our previous I believe question? we are. I believe we finished, yes. We have. So we haven't finished, we've still got more. So do you have a secret talent other than creating? If so, what is it? Now that was last week's question or last time's question. So do you want to kick them off? Yes, so we've got uh, Vecna, is it Vecna Optimista? I can't say o- this. Optimiska? Optimiska yeah. from uh, obviously an Instagram name. Maybe Acro Yoga. You can check J, sorry, Al J Jazz J to see me fly on him. I think that's what it is. At Al Jazz J, I think, to see me fly on him. Science probably doesn't count. Well, I've got to say, I wasn't sure what on earth she was talking about when I read that. So I had to go and have a little look at um, the Instagram page. And basically, it is a combination of acrobats and weirdly freshwater fish. Um, <laughs> it's very strange. But have you, did you look at it by any chance? I've seen her post before. Her and her husband do this kind of yoga thing. But like you say, it's kind of acrobatic. So yeah. you can't ever be lying on the floor and supporting her on like one arm or something. Yeah, like flying angels. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so she literally does fly on him. Yeah. I'd have to lose some weight because she'd lift me like that. <laughs> It's funny because I was talking to her on Instagram about it, you know. I said, oh, I don't think i do that. And she said to me, oh, you could do it. You're skinny. I think she doesn't know she's talking to me. I think she's talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do this with my kids, Flying Angels, and I've done it with my husband, and where, where you, but not on one sort of supporting on one leg. You know, it's where you put your legs in there and then they balance oh, on yeah. top. Actually, yeah. Paul's cousin was the last person I did that with, but we had had a few drinks, so... Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've got an answer from Rob Myers, and this one made me laugh. He said, I can turn cash into wine. I loved that one. That yeah. made me laugh. I'm very good at that too. Yeah. Uh, Rick Fravor, keeping a positive outlook, which frankly seems to be lacking in today's society. Well, not on this podcast, hey. Well, you're good <laughs> at that. You're much better at that than I am, I think. Positive, positive. Yeah. And I've got Andy W. Art, and he says, always trying to find greener and environmentally friendly ways of doing things. I built my old garden studio from straw bales and fence posts. With a lot of help, I got an old diesel car to run on veg oil. That old car ran for another 130,000 miles after it was switched, before it really needed scrapping. Oh, wow. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. I've got Nick Tay-Tay West, listening to animals. One time years ago, my son's class went on a trip to a zoo with the help of many parent chaperones, myself included. At the gorilla exhibit, I stood watching a silverback who was sitting facing the opposite direction. I kept thinking, if I could free him, I would. He turned around and started staring at me and the people around us noticed. A less exciting example involves bees and mud daubers who will fly up to me whenever I'm outside to let me know their water dish needs filling. That's amazing, isn't it? It's like an an like an insect whisperer. <laughs> yeah. I've got Kerry Caffin and she says, I can tie a knot in a cherry stalk in my mouth. Okay, well, let me tell you, Kerry Caffin is one of my own personal friends, very good friend of mine. And um, if, Kerry, you are listening, I want a demonstration when I see you next because I've never known that that is one of your talents. 
and I wonder how she discovered that. You know why? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have to see it. I have to see yeah. it. <laughs> um, I've got Michael. Beckett and he says I was a web developer before I retired I still try to keep up with all the new technology but geez so yeah I can build a website I've got Sherry McDonald and she says I'm a reverse engineer what is that then I think basically you can I don't know what she reverse engineers but if you can imagine you had something to eat down the pub and you think oh I really like that it tasted really nice and you try and work out what's in it and you try and make it oh I see but I don't know if that's right, you know, as in you reverse, you try and... Deconstruct. Work. Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. But it could not be for food. I don't know what it is. Gabriella Pop. Dancing, especially folk dances from Israel and the Balkans. Years ago, oriental belly dancing. Ooh, wow. that sounds fun. Yeah. Gabriella is so active. She does yeah, so much. She, she does. does her running, her climbing. And Amazing. she's always got a really big smile on her face whenever we do those Zoom... Yeah. Drawing sessions, she's always the one that I, I know just smiling away in the background. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got Rosilla Moodley, and she says, Ah, but then it wouldn't be a secret, would it? Or, and now I'm really interested. Now we yeah. really want to know what your secret talent is. Maybe it's keeping secrets. Maybe it is. Adrian Sutherland, tiling, <laughs> prefer kitchens to bathrooms, and I've done many over the years for myself and others. I'm not trained, but I can just do it. It's very satisfying and strangely relaxing. You know, I can imagine I can imagine that might actually be quite relaxing. Oh, no, I can't. But Adrian, if you ever want some more to do, <laughs> I'm afraid it's bathroom, but that would be quite good. <laughs> I've got Ellen de Pierkav. I don't know if I've said per- that right. Per- Sorry, per- Helen. Pierkav? I don't know. I can milk a goat and I can make cheese. Wow. I wouldn't want to go near a goat to milk it because I've oh, heard they're they... Oh, cute. Yeah, but they headbutt you, don't they? Oh. <laughs> I've got Michelle Slee. I can program and teach coding to complete beginners in work. Not my job, but something extra I do. As I want to give people from non-technical backgrounds the opportunity to try it out and see if they enjoy it. I've got Carol Whitmore and she says herding kindergartners and keeping second graders engaged in distance learning sometimes. God, that is really difficult to do. That is a real talent. (laughs) I have uh, Renee O'Cleary remembering one thing about every single person I've met. Hmm. Hmm. What she'd remember about us. I dread to think. Let's not ask that question. (laughs) I've got Sue Watson and she says my talent is appreciating. And I have got um, AJK. I can touch my nose with the tip of my tongue. And I've yeah. actually tried that. Have you tried that? I when was I read it. trying it as you were reading it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying it when I was reading it last night. I was, I was actually sitting there with my tongue t- um, trying to touch the tip yeah. of my nose. And it, it doesn't. Does yours? No, mine doesn't. I've just tried it. No. I can't even reach the very underneath of it. No, I've got quite a long nose as well. So you'd think I would. But well, no. I've got a long tongue. Right, I've got Carol Monaghan, and she says I can make my adult daughter roll her eyes any time. Do you know what? I've always been very good at that. Yeah, that is a talent I definitely have. Uh, Margaret Gray, I'm a good listener. I'm pretty good at cat and dog as a second language, and my imagination has taken me on many strange adventures. I've got Sana Sira and she says, headstand. I learned it as a child, then decades later tried it again and it was still easy. My only sport-related talent. 
Excellent. Yeah, we did that actually last year, didn't we? We started doing headstands. Was it a year ago for I some think reason? It was a cartwheel we did, didn't was we? Was it a cartwheel? I can't yeah. remember. Oh, it was a handstand. Was it? Yeah, it was a handstand. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> so we've got a brand new question for you, which is, has a real life situation ever inspired your work? So has a real life situation ever inspired your work? So has so, it? Oh, are you beat me to it? I was, I was literally just taking a breath. <laughs> no, I always ask you that question. Oh, do you want me to go first then? Yes. Well, yes, because all those faces that I do, the little people quite often have something mm. now related. So I did one that was about the lockdown haircut. Yeah. So, well, not having a haircut during a lockdown. So I guess you could say they're yeah. sort of semi-related. Yeah, maybe for me, not like maybe not my realism paintings, but certainly Fizz. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, that, uh, some of the stuff she does is inspired by real life situations. Like the last one I did, um, I actually did the morning after I went out. I, you remember earlier I was saying we went out, out, and we sat yeah. and froze to death yeah. um, in our coats. Well, the next day I had her sitting in a park. We're well, not sitting in the park, in a park um, a couple of meters away from her friend. Um, saying that and they were freezing basically and she was saying that at least they won't have to chill the prosecco so oh, yeah yes i do remember that yeah one. and, and yeah. quite a few of her things have been inspired by real life situations apart from things like um vacuuming naked and stuff like that obviously i don't do that yes obviously <laughs> so as always you can tweet us your answers at kit creatives or let us know in the facebook group which if you haven't joined i suggest you do We'll put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and, of course, on our Instagram. So if you want to join us on Instagram, it's Kicking the Creatives. And if that gave you the kick in the creatives that you needed, don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And, of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be so grateful if you would leave us a little review on iTunes or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. Also, don't forget to check out and subscribe to our Kicking the Creatives YouTube channel. And if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at Kicking the Creatives, you can now support us by buying Tara or I or both of us a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, we don't want them to start saying this one's for Tara. This <laughs> can you imagine? It'll be oh. like, we'll, be like, we'll have a little tally, won't we? I'm favourite. No, I'm favourite. <laughs> And you can, you can find a link to where you can do that on our website. But otherwise, if you can't do that, you know, just share the episode, share, share, share the podcast with other people. That really does help. Yeah, or take a photograph of yourself drinking the coffee that you could have bought for us. So but you decided. Cheers, yeah. kicking the craze. I'm drinking it myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we just block you, though, if you do that. <laughs> I don't mind if they share a picture of a coffee and talk about it. <laughs> Also, we just want to tell you about a new challenge we've got coming up, and that is going to be on Instagram only. It's a weekly challenge called Facetastic Friday. Yeah, every Friday we're going to post a photo of a new face, and you can then use that photo as a reference to create a piece of art in whatever style and medium you like. Yeah, and you can post your artwork no later than the following Wednesday using the hashtag Facetastic. I can't say it. Facetastic Friday. <laughs> and don't forget to tag us at Kicking the Creative so that we get to know what you posted. 
Uh, yeah, and that way we can actually share some of your work on our own Instagram page, which will be really fun. And then on the following Friday, of course, we'll post a brand new face and then we go again. And it's going to be really fascinating, don't you think, to see how different people see the same face? Yeah, I mean, because like if we drew it, I know it'd be totally different. So mm. really interesting to see because you could be totally abstract if you wanted. It doesn't actually have to end up looking like the face if you don't want. No, but but pop over to Instagram and check it out. So that's coming this, uh, well, by the time this actually airs, we'd have already started, I expect, wouldn't we? But yeah. check it out, Facetastic Friday. But that is it for today and we will see you next time. Yep, see ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. That's why I think about the um, the appointment thing, and I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was brewing. I wonder what that. I thought, where's she gone? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, I've got to start that bit again. Yeah. Sorry. What? Where, how? Where was I? <laughs> I think you finished. I think you've done a lot enough blabbing about that bit. Probably. No, I was going to say something else. Okay. Um. 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 um.